Hey guys, Corey Frills here with the LTW Group with Fairway. I have on with me today, Becca Rucker, Becky Price, and Lisa Wiles. Um, today, I'm going to give a brief, I'm going to attempt to give a brief um, mm -hmm. overview of the Fed meeting and um, what that means for mortgage rates. And then we're going to have a conversation around the hot topic right now in the market, which is DSCR loans. Um, super hot in the investor community. We're just going to talk about it. Um, and kind of talk pros and cons and have a conversation with each other. And hopefully it's helpful for you. So to kick off, um, this week was Fed week, huge week, always a big week with for mortgage bonds, but especially right now when the markets watch their every move. And this was a big one because this was the first one since the banking crisis. And they um, were in a blackout period during the banking crisis. So they couldn't comment on what was going on. So really big meeting. Uh, I watched it because that's what I do. We actually had a lunch that ran over at Balter, and um, I was watching the Fed meeting with my headphones on in Balter. Uh, so <laughs> what, what, Becca? Can confirm. Yes. Yeah, it was true. Uh, so anyway, here's here's a couple of things that I caught that um, I think are important. And I did do a quick write-up on this um, if you want to see it. Colorado's, if you don't like reading or like reading what I write, that's fine. That's why we have this uh, format. So two things that I found. One was a change in language from the Federal Reserve in their statement that said that additional firming may be necessary, and they removed ongoing rate hikes might be necessary. Um, the markets like this, and a CNBC reporter even asked about this specifically, and he asked what firming meant. Jerome Powell answered that in his conference and said, just focus on maybe um, an additional. So basically, in my opinion, he's saying without saying, um, we're slow in our role. Um, the other things that stood out was there was a, um, a question that did he believe the disinflationary process for in English is inflation cooling um, was still underway. Um, and he said, yes, just not as quickly as they wanted, and also acknowledged that um, real estate is lagging, which is the first time he said that. We've talked about how real estate is 43% of CPI, which is a measure of inflation. And the way that they measure that is they call current tenants and they say, hey, what are you paying in rent? And these people may have signed leases 12 months ago, 11, 10, 8 months ago. Um, when things were much more competitive and rents were on the rise. And so today we know um, we have indicators of current lease prices, and we know that's coming down. It's just going to take some time for that to catch up. I'll acknowledge that. That's a huge deal. Um, one last thing is he said that the banking crisis would likely cause banks to get more conservative with their lending and would have the effects of additional rate hike so basically, the banking crisis is going to do a little bit of their work for them. Now, if you think about this, when banks are starting to get nervous about the amount of deposits they have and their cost of funds is high, they're having to pay the depositors more, but they can't get the yield that they want on loans, they're going to be careful on who they lend to because they can't afford to lose any money on a bad loan. When they make less, less loans, people buy less cars, people buy less houses. People take out less home equity lines of credit and remodel their house. They don't go to Home Depot as much. They don't go out to eat because they couldn't get that credit card approved. 
And it has this process where when, when people spend less money, inflation starts to cool. So all of that was very positive um, for bonds and mortgage bonds are included in that, which means interest rates got better. We're seeing some of the best rates that we've seen since um, middle of January. And another important piece of data that we got was existing home sales was up 14.5% in the month of February. And th that was the sharpest rise in a long time. Why? Because we saw the best rates we've seen in months in January. So you can see, and this was not, I'm talking guys, rates were like early sixes. I locked one under six um, that month. And you see what just a small drop in interest rates will do to housing activity. Um, so buckle up for when rates continue too far. Last thing I'll say, and I'll get out of here, not so humble brag, our first Zoom um, that we recorded market update was on May 4th. And we told you exactly what was going to happen. No one can tell timing, but we said we believe that we are headed into a recession if we're not in one already. And recessions will bring interest rates down. And that's exactly what you're seeing happen um, is you're seeing interest rates start to fall. We also told you that housing does really well in recessions um, and we're seeing that happen as well. So um, anyway, just a not so humble brag. If we do a market update, we work on that really hard. We listen to a lot of really smart people um, and then we digest it and try to make it um, applicable to you. So man, tell your buyers that the window is fast closing um, for when these rates, when these rates come down, and especially when we get back into fives, it's going to be off to the races. So with yeah. that. Oh. And Corey, I was just going to say, um, I'm sure as realtors, your buyers are probably hearing or seeing the headlines that say um, Fed to raise rates. And I feel like almost every buyer I talk to sees that headline and says, oh, I got to, I'm going to hold off because I'm scared about what the Fed's going to do. Um, so I think it's just really important for all of us to let our buyers know that. Um, and we say this all the time. So at the risk of sounding like a broken record, Fed raising rates does not mean that mortgage rates are going up. Sometimes it does. <laughs> um, it's been a real roller coaster over the years. But I think a good thing to let clients know is just that mortgage rates do not work the same way that a bank's rates on a personal loan do. Um, they're not directly related. Um, for lack of a better word, I'd say rates are kind of determined by uh, vibes <laughs> yes. that investors in mortgage-backed securities are feeling. If they feel good, our rates are good. <laughs> well, and I, I would jump in and also say that they're not too far off when they say, uh, hey, I see the primes going up. Are your mortgage rates going up? I don't think it's an immediate, like you said, uh, Becky, um, you're, I think you're absolutely right. It's not an immediate thing, but they will trend in the same direction over time, but that is not a knee-jerk reaction um, to have the rates, um, you know, mirror each other. But I mean, what do you, what are your all's thoughts on that about the rates trending? Yeah, I mean, they're related, right? So inflation is the core thing. And what we've been saying is um, if inflation is the disease, then Fed rate hikes are the cure. And inflation is what drove mortgage rates higher, right? So, so you have to raise mortgage rates or you have to raise the Fed funds rate to fight inflation. But as inflation persists higher, your mortgage rates are going to go higher too. So yeah, they do correlate. There's no doubt about that. 
and we've seen that rate movement is related to whether um, investors believe that what the rate, uh, what the Fed does is going to help inflation. So we've seen times when they've, when the Fed has raised rates and that has made mortgage rates drop, like this week, um, when investors feel that the Fed is acting prudently. And then we've seen other times where it's had almost no effect at all because uh, investors say this isn't really going to do anything to change I, the inflation picture. I think I think the analogy there is it's kind of like if you're sick and you get prescribed an antibiotic, you're not immediately better, right? You got to take it for 10 days or 20 days or however long until you're through your antibiotic. And so you might look at it and say, look, with every pill I've taken, I just keep getting sicker. And that may be true for the first five days. They're not, that doesn't mean that the pills are making you sick. The, the pills just haven't had their effect yet, right? So um, there's a lag effect in Fed rate hikes, and that's what we're seeing. That's also a fear that we have is that the Fed is going to overcorrect. They're going to raise rates too high and not let the medicine have its time to take its toll. So, um, yeah, great. That's a great point, Lisa. Thank you for bringing that up. Let's talk about DSCR. Um, Becky, I feel like you're our resident DSCR expert um, because you are just like, probably the best one on our team and just diving in on product guidelines and, and learning something new. So um, hot topic right now. I've had questions about it over the past couple of weeks. Um, so why don't you talk to us a little about what you're seeing in, in the DSCR world? Sure. Um, well, I think there is a lot of misinformation about what this product is and who it can be for. Um, so we'll start at the uh, with the basics of DSCR stands for debt service coverage ratio. And that means that rather than looking at a borrower's income and the other stuff that's on their credit report, like their, their mortgage for the house that they live in, their car loans, student loans, whatever, um, we're not looking at any of that. All we are using to qualify the borrower is the ratio of the um, projected rental income on the house that they're buying. Uh, because this is just for investment properties um, relative to the total monthly payment. So principal interest, taxes, insurance, and association dues, if there are any. Um, so that's all we look at. So they can have $200,000 in student loans um, and, or, and or be newly self-employed with income that we could not use on a conventional loan. And this would be how that person could buy um, their first investment property or the second. Um, um, isn't it crazy how fast that became the new coolest product that everybody wants a piece of? But Becky, I mean, talk to people a little bit about why, when this is a good time to use this product, like when is this product the best product for you to use? Yeah, so this product is not for everyone. And the reason it's not for everyone is that it is not cheap. <laughs> So we've got a couple different DSCR products. Um, they'll have different um, parameters surrounding down payment, but I don't think, um, despite us having a product that allows you to put theoretically as little as 20% down, um, just because of um, adjustments that might be there for credit score or property type. Um, for example, if this is for a short-term rental or they're buying a house that is not currently rented, um, there's adjustments to down payment for that. 
in the end, I've never quoted DSCR for anyone with a down payment less than 30%. So we know that that's already going to make this a no-go for a lot of people. Um, as you can imagine, um, this is a little bit riskier product if we're not looking at um, income outside of the projected rental income um, and ignoring all other debts on the credit report. Um, and so with increased risk becomes increased price. So this I think of as more of a plan B. So this would be a good product for someone um, who either went under contract before talking to their lender, or if um, they thought they could get approved on a conventional loan and it turns out, um, I mean, I'm sure all of you have had uh, self-employed borrowers who just got pre-approved from another lender who didn't look at tax returns before writing their letter. Um, I know a lot of people get in that situation. Um, this is perfect for them because all we're looking at is that projected rental income. So it doesn't matter if um, they're newly self-employed or they get laid off. So really we think of this as a plan B. I found it's a great way to get a conversation started. Um, because people are just so interested in it. They're hearing about it and they want to know more. Um, rarely um, do people decide this is the best option for them. So we're always going to try and go that conventional route first, just because the terms are going to be better. Um, you know, right. for a conventional loan investment property, we can put as little as 15% down. So most people prefer to do that if it's available. And also you can use subject property rental income to help you qualify on a conventional loan for an investment. Great point. Exactly. And a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, you can still use that rent to help you qualify, but gosh, give yourself a chance to get the better interest rate and terms. And then if that doesn't pan out, that DFCR loans in your back pocket on investment properties. Um, and it's, and it's there for you. I mean, it's kind of Becky, it's kind of like the bank statement loan, right? I mean, mm -hmm. That's something we also have. Yep, that's also a plan B. Bank statement and DSCR are priced really similarly. Um, so those products are there if we need it, but we're always going to try and go conventional first. And that's not out of laziness or not wanting to dig into these other products. It's just conventional works the best for the most people. Um, and we're always going to try and get our clients the best rate. But it's so comforting to have these plan Bs in place if we need them. Absolutely. I think it, I talked to a realtor yesterday who's new to the business and, um, and you know, is, is, is doing awesome, like making great money and he saved a bunch of money up and wants to start investing. And so I, I, I would think about him for this. Becky, are there any restrictions for new investors? Do you have to be a seasoned investor for this? Um, so there's uh, the two products we have will treat that differently, but neither one of them will require the buyer to be a seasoned investor. So one of our products will add um, a 5% down payment requirement. So on that one, the minimum is 30% down. So he'd have to put 35 um, on our other one. I believe the only difference is that um, I'm going to try really hard to not get too in the weeds here, but there, there's a pricing scale on what that DSCR ratio is. So you get slightly better pricing if your income is on the property is higher than the payment, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, but there will be higher price if your uh, payment on that property is higher than your income, which makes sense, right? Um, so for someone who's making their first investment, they, they are not allowed to have a payment higher than their 
uh, rental income, meaning that DSCR ratio has to be over 1%. So the investment itself just needs to be a little bit more risky I, or less risky is the uh, short answer. Right. That, that I probably should have just said instead of getting too far no, in the weeds. No, this is, this is, I was, when we were kind of pre-gaming for this podcast, I was like, I would like for you to talk about it because I too need to learn about these. <laughs> and this is um, one of the, one of the benefits I would say of working for our team is you don't have, we don't, we don't pretend to know everything and it's not possible for us to all know every product that we have at Fairway. There's thousands. Um, and there's not an originator on our team. That's not a, 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 a rock star. So um, if you, if you send us a deal and we refer it to someone on our team, it's not because we don't want to do it. It's just because they'll be better served with somebody who's an expert at that particular long time. Um, I would also just like to say that as someone who has a license, but doesn't originate on this team, I have often seen you guys like throw it up on a group chat, even on a Saturday afternoon of like, Hey, I got this deal going on right now before I like absolutely say no, like, like we can't do it. Or I've got these questions. You throw it up and you've got like four other minds who can give you an answer or help you find that answer. So, yep. Um, I do want to say one more thing about the DSCR and then I think we'll be about covered, but um, this product will allow you to close in an LLC as well. And I'd say that's one of the most frequent questions we get from investor buyers. So they are able to close in an LLC if they want. And I think that about covers it. Yeah. Lisa, any thoughts? Oh, um, on that in particular? No. I, just, in, just in general and closing on DSCR? Um, I, I think it um, is, is the coolest, trendiest, newest thing. We want you guys to be educated. Um, and not, you know, don't go out there and, and throw people into loans necessarily that may not fit for them. We know about these loans and we want to advise your clients on whether or not it's a good idea. And we will address that with them. Uh, but that's not the only way to get, you know, the newest, coolest toy isn't always uh, the best one to use. Um, but it is if you're working with someone who's having trouble getting approved. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, okay, guys, with that, we're going to give you back your day. We're at 18 minutes. I'm pretty good with that number. Um, remember, we are working this weekend, um, and every night and weekend, we have someone on call. So LTW group at fairwaymc.com, LTW group. Saturday. What? on call for saturday yes it's gonna be lisa saturday so you just call her direct uh and um don't do that ltw group at fairwaymc.com and we all watch that so if i'm if i'm if i'm around on a saturday and i see the poor on call person just getting slaughtered we'll jump in and help um so um that's the reason those centered inboxes are just awesome because there's four people watching so thank you guys we appreciate you and have a great weekend. Bye. Bye.